The Ebbs and the Flows is born through the idea of listening and learning from voices in the mental health space, targeting inaccessibility, misconceptions, stigma and shame, and supporting education, empathy, compassion and celebration. As such, this episode, as well as the vast majority on this podcast, contains sensitive content around mental health that some listeners may find triggering. If you or someone you know is struggling, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Wherever you are listening, the Ebbs and the Flows acknowledges the continuing cultural and spiritual connection First Nations people have to the land, waters and seas upon which we work, rest and play. And we pay respect to elders past and present. At the end of the day, we're all just a work in progress. This is the Ebbs and the Flows. Hello to wherever you are listening, whoever you might be, and for whatever reason you are listening to The Ebbs and the Flows. I am excited to bring you a show highlighting the pressing need for gentle, disarming conversations about our mental and emotional health, our ever-changing construction of ourselves and the world we live within, the journeys individuals face within the complex landscape of humanity, and the stories that define us. Just as much, it is about the emotional rainbow. Funny insights, heartwarming discoveries, tragic personal circumstances, stupid little awkward interactions, the power of our passions, hobbies and pastimes, and our hope and vision for a brighter tomorrow. The idea for this podcast has come from years of my own mental health rollercoaster. The ups and the downs, the mornings where I'm crumpled in bed, writhing in an existential pain and the nights where I'm on my third beer after winning a premiership surrounded by my best friends and chatting to randoms about how Frank Ocean illuminates the complexity of human relationships in a three-minute song. Years of stagnation and self-doubt and frustration at the forces stopping me from fulfilling something, a dream, a hope, a need to follow the universe into a purpose that is bigger than what I have now, I don't know exactly. My name is William. I've entered my third decade on this planet and I feel like while my life is a bit of a mess, there is so much to learn from my experience and the experiences of all who have endured rocky paths at times. There are times when the universe seems stoic and set in stone and you just have to go along with what has been established. Others where the riddles start to make sense and the pieces fall into place. I'll always be there, as frightened as you, to help us survive being alive. Thank you, Stephen Sondheim, for one of the great musical numbers. And apologies for, well, I didn't really sing, did I? It'll happen again. I'll probably sing again and again and again and again and again. But really what this show is about and the foundation of this show is, for as long as I can remember, I have had a feeling of inadequacy. From the age of eight or nine, I felt like I wasn't good enough and I was a failure. Even when I would achieve something, and there were plenty of moments of achievement, but it never felt enough when I've always been chasing the impossible. Chasing my father, the shadow of a man I could never live up to when it came to sport. And as a young boy, sport can define um, your social status, the person you are, the person you want to be. I was always being compared to him, always, you know, you must be pretty good or will you make the AFL when I didn't even know if I wanted to, let alone whether I was good enough to be of uh, a professional sportsman. 
And the impact it had on a sensitive kid with anxiety symptoms and ADHD indicators galore saw me lurch from a bright, sparkly kid to an endlessly worried, deeply emotional and sad young man. I felt like I failed in everything I tried. Sweating through a shirt in a home and away audition, it happened. (laughs) Being rejected for a role in a comedy review. Developing a terrible anxiety for highways, going through a couple of mental health breakdowns, just passing through, um, through a law degree I never really desired to be in the first place, losing my ability to bowl leg spin <laughs> due to my devastated self-confidence, panicking during performances, seeing my smile change due to injuries, internally becoming a person dependent on alcohol to settle my nerves, never feeling secure in a job or a talent, the story of a worried boy becoming an anxious man. Part of this messy lay of the land is that we have just emerged from a once in a hundred years pandemic, leaving us a little bit scattered, navigating our place in the world and why we even bother turning up. A time where everyone has an opinion on social media, some about how politicians and the global elite are pedophiles or death eaters or cannibals, others more rationally about how they can afford to go to therapy or afford housing. A time where we know our mental health has been deeply affected. And yet for anyone with any sort of mental health awareness or literacy, we know that collectively mental health strategies and investment and well-being have been at the back of, a queue, of the queue for a very, very long period of time. I am a teacher, an educator. That's my job. Um, but the biggest influence of my own contentment and life satisfaction has been my own mind my welfare, my health, my mental health and well-being. A person in emotional overdrive is often a mind being unkind. But a couple of major reasons for starting this podcast is misconception, stigma, and on the flip side, the beauty of raw and honest connection and conversation. Misconceptions about mental health disorders, reducing the stigma of periods of mental ill health, particularly in schools and workplaces. The COVID crisis saw mental health finally move to the front of our thoughts, But so quickly, I've seen misconception and stigma throw the pie right back in our faces. We are complicated beings. Life is full of contradictions, mistakes, failures, guilt and shame. And I've felt this deeply throughout my life. Over the past few years, there is a deep feeling of loss that has pervaded our communities. It is a loss of connection, the loss of community sport, the loss of community theatre, music, the loss of incidental conversation, the loss of opportunity, the loss of work, the loss of small businesses, independent businesses, the loss of compromise and the accentuation of polarisation. The loss that might prove the most damaging is the intimacy of our lives, intimate conversations, intimate moments, the joy of touch. Consensual. (laughs) During these years, I've kept looking at what has gone by and thought, Look at all the time I have lost. And yet, look at all we have learnt. We've learnt to deal with the crisis. We've learnt to simply live. Picnics in the park, Zoom quizzes, bread baking, sending each other presents for no apparent reasons, laughing about the stupid shit we all did as kids, the wonderful art of just being with others we care about. We've learnt to be more humble. We've learnt that a lot of people probably need to be in therapy. No, wait. We've learnt that everybody needs to be in therapy, but there are so many barriers that people have, waiting, time, cost, distance. Funnily enough, I recall at 19 years old, feeling like I had it pretty much figured out, drinking and dancing, kissing beautiful people, living my best life, a law student, an actor, a writer, 
I felt invincible, impervious to danger and living in a world centered around my dreams that would inevitably come true. Fast forward 12 months and I had nearly jumped out of a window overseas with a promised life of an anxious adulthood after a deeply traumatic personal experience. Self-inflicted, of course, but nonetheless life-shattering. I stopped performing. I stopped driving on freeways. I stopped going to university. I stopped searching for the next big breakthrough because I just felt like I needed to survive. While many others didn't know this, I had pressed pause on my life. My anxiety totally consumed me and I would never be the same. And I wish the person I am now was there to pat that young man. No, really? Ah, sorry. No, really, just a young kid on the shoulder and say, hey, buddy, it's okay. You're struggling right now, but you'll be okay. I mean, you'll eventually die, but let's face it, we all will. But all the fear and angst of wasting your life and feeling totally overwhelmed by panic will dissipate with time. And I think it would have been nice to just hug him and be intimate with this beautiful young person. Tell him to not be in such a rush to grow up. Tell him that he doesn't have to run. He doesn't have to drink every smidgen of, out of booze to quell his anxiety. To tell him that love, to love the person next to him rather than be so terrified of making a mistake. This show is about the ebbs and flows of our lives, the moments that have shaped us, the dizzying highs and the terrifying lows. It's a place for wholehearted, intimate, joyful, compelling, moving conversations. An exploration of the power of the activities, communities and little joys that benefit the well-being of you and me. A place for experts to explain why we respond in such a way to the most complex part of our instrument, our mind. The ebbs and the flows focuses on the light and the shade of our emotional health journeys. The lessons we can take from others. The beautiful intimacy that comes with opening up. The moments, the people, the love, loss and the lessons learnt that shape the person we are today. A place not of judgement but of genuine curiosity and acceptance without the bullshit. Uh, a little bit of bullshit. I need to know what albums you'd play at a barbecue at 3pm and whether popcorn and a choc top can be considered a meal just as much as I would like to hear the letters you would write to your younger self with the benefit of the knowledge and wisdom you have now and without the brash and bounding joy and energy we had as kids. I'll be kicking off each segment of shows with an introspective look into the challenges I've faced and wrapping up the season, again, I don't want to jinx the show, uh, oddly superstitious um, and obviously plagued with self-doubt, um, with the lessons I have taken from all the guests who have so graciously joined us along the way. The whole concept of The Ebbs and the Flows is to produce a show with a guest illustrating, drawing, writing, speaking, laughing about, crying over, illuminating the portrait of their life. The past and present self, the future days, the relationship with others, ideas, experiences, art, education, doubts, fears, and hope. The light and the shade. The drawbacks and the comebacks. Sex, drugs, and some rock and or roll. The other side of the show will be bringing in experts, people with passion projects, and immense figures to talk about how their passion, work, or way of life helps their own individual well-being and how it can be a force for good when it comes to our collective well-being. This is framed as the Power Of series. <laughs> One of the key segments I will have all of my guests commit to is a letter to their younger self when they needed it most. A letter, a note, a poem or a story to your younger self. Maybe it's the four-year-old who loved to explore. 
the eight-year-old who was punched and beaten because of the color of their skin or their sexual orientation they'd barely even explored or the 13-year-old who'd self-armed the 22-year-old who felt like they were shit out of luck or the 31-year-old about to embark on the journey of motherhood or fatherhood maybe it's shooting the breeze with the 40-year-old who's found things are just kind of dandy so here's mine I've written a letter to the 20-year-old who has just returned to Australia with a scrambled mind. Dear William, what we sometimes lose track of is how fucking immense this world we live within truly is. For all the heartbreak and shame, death and destruction, racism and discrimination and the awful, awful things that humans do to each other, other sentient beings and the environment, there are so many incredible moments we all simply chance upon throughout our short time on this planet. Sharing a glance with a beautiful soul, spotting a deer in the field, rocking out to our favourite band, along with 10,000 other people. Discovering a sentence in a book that says exactly what you didn't even realise you needed to hear. Emerging from a difficult period to a new dawn. Learning something new, holding your friend, your lover, your parent, your person. And when it seems like it might stop, they draw you back in, squeeze you once more with feeling. This world is not made just for you. I'm not sure anyone can claim to be so important to be given all the luck. Even if they've inherited a hundred million dollars and five houses across five major cities. I also know that whilst it may feel like some are unfairly targeted with malice, death or hope, colloquially referred to as shit out of luck or the rough end of the stick, one thing you will learn is that whether they are fortunate or unfortunate things, they will happen to everyone at varying intensity. For the growing talk of resilience and picking up yourself by bootstraps, the heart of the question is that it takes time to process and deal with adversity, just as it may take time to feel, respect and appreciate any experience. I know you are very, very angry and upset with yourself for the stupid shit you did in a foreign country. And I know you feel you will forever regret such a decision. A psychotic break is something that you would not wish any 20-year-old to experience, but it happens. You survived. The scars will remain, but you will heal. You will use this experience as a conduit to connect with people, particularly those who have experienced bad times. I put them in quotation marks, not to minimize trauma or question its validity, but to express that these bad times will be a lesson that, you will not re- that will not remain a malignant scar or wound, but inevitably, inevitably become educational to you, to your friends, to your students, to those who want to listen and learn. I would love to promise that you will not feel inadequate, anxious, unloved as you grow older in this world, but you have a tendency to believe this in your fragile moments. Throughout your 20s, you sought validation, adulation, attention to help you deal with those lingering thoughts of inadequacy, those lingering thoughts of escape, this compounding paranoia of people not recognising the good parts of you. Unfortunately, you have been hurt by some who you would have hoped to love you, just as you have hurt many who have loved and admired you. Sex doesn't prove you are lovable, wholeheartedness does. Charm doesn't fill your cup, understanding and appreciation will. Time will not heal all wounds and neither will apologies, but actions may. This is not to shame you for some of the things you will do to heal yourself. It isn't to forgive or excuse you either, but humans are complex. You are complex. Your mind is powerful, but you too are strong. 
Just because you are 75 kilos with no fat, no muscle, doesn't mean you are not strong. Just because you write whimsically, whimsically and with feeling doesn't mean you are overwrought and over the top. Just because you think a lot doesn't mean you are perpetual, frustrating overthinker. It is just because you are you. You are loved. You are enough. Thank you for not giving up. Warmest regards, Willie B. <laughs> I can't promise every moment to be profound and, meaning and meaningful and epic, but the ebbs and the flows exist for the intimate discussions and those deeply personal connections that many of us shy away from for fear of being hurt or being truly vulnerable. Just as much as an, it is an educational experience, a time to share, a time to laugh, and maybe a time to consider our own healing. What does healing mean exactly? Well, the term has been stretched and folded and shoved, but essentially we are the architects of a deeply flawed construction that is ever unfolding. We can feel stable, strong and entrenched at one, mo at one minute and the next feel how deeply vulnerable and fragile we are. And for what? Because there is meaning in the struggle and we can only hope that over time, some of it makes sense. In the end, we're all just a work in progress. Mental health is hard. Let's be soft together. This is The Ebbs and the Flows. If you or someone you know is struggling, or if this episode has triggered anything for you, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14.